0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of JM Rewind. JM Rewind gives us a chance to check out some of the recent guests who've been on JM and the AM. And this edition of JM Rewind can be called the Pittsburgh edition of JM Rewind. We revisit a week ago when we were in Pittsburgh to commemorate the first yard site of those who were murdered at the Tree of Life congregation. And uh, we revisit some of those interviews, some of those discussions we had at the JCC of Greater Pittsburgh, It was a very inspiring broadcast. We start with Professor Lori Eisenberg, a professor of history at Carnegie Mellon, who's uh, curating the art exhibit at Tree of Life. Professor Lori Eisenberg on this edition of JM Rewind here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Professor Lori Eisenberg is with us here at the JCC in Greater Pittsburgh. She's professor of history at Carnegie Mellon. There is uh, something that we spoke about about an hour ago on the air that we passed last night that's being referred to as windscreens on the fence, being referred to as a sidewalk gallery. It is literally um, on the site of last year's massacre at Tree of Life, and it's it's, um, being shown, or you can see it rather, on the fence that surrounds that property. Professor Lori Eisenberg, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you. A pleasure to have you here you got to tell us how this developed. I mean, I know that one of the saddest parts physically for this community must have been seeing the synagogue closed, seeing it uninhabited, essentially, and all the terrible things that needed to be taking place after this terrible tragedy. How did we get to the point where last night people like us are seeing these inspiring scenes and phrases along the fence of Tree of Life?
1: Um, You're right. It was very painful for us to see uh, the synagogue site uh, abandoned, empty uh, perimeter fence around it to keep people uh, away from the uh, immediate uh, doors and windows and uh, these really uh, ugly blue tarps that were (laughs) hanging along the perimeter fence and it just gave off an image that said this place is empty and abandoned and closed for business and that's not who we are and the neighborhood has been too loving and supportive of us for us to be comfortable being an eyesore a blight on the uh, on the street so we decided we needed to do something to uh make it reflect the vitality that we still have and the spirit and the vitality of the 11 people whom we lost.
0: How did you get involved in the whole project?
1: Um, I live about a block and a half from there. I walk my dog by there every night, and I heard some of our neighbors kind of asking Kind of hesitantly. So, how long are those <laughs> tarps going to <laughs> be up there? And uh, we realized the answer is it could be two or three years uh, until you know whatever construction we're doing is is done and we're literally open for business on that site again. And we had been struck by how much artwork we received in the aftermath of the uh, massacre and continue to receive. Um,
0: In the thousands,
1: right? Well, well, not thousands. I'm talking about literal pieces of big oh, artwork, things it. that are framed, paintings and prints, uh, sculptures, knitted things, fabric arts, uh, quilts, uh, tile mosaics. It had really impressed us how many people turned to art uh, to express really deep feelings, and um, we were looking at those. You know, you saw the length Mm -hmm. of that fence, right? Um, And we thought, wow, these are literally blank canvases. And what do you do with a blank canvas? Uh, And we decided you put art on it. (laughs) So we put out a call for uh, young artists, age 18 and under, to create original pieces of artwork uh, which expressed... Um, beauty, faith, community, resilience, healing, strength, optimism. uh, And we had them upload it to us via website in digital form. And then we had a wonderful... um,
0: Nationwide response, right? Yeah,
1: we had a terrific nationwide response. We got uh, 224 pieces of artwork... 108, I believe, 108 of which came from students at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida. Unbelievable. And their, uh, their attack had happened only in February. Right. So they were only a few months behind us. So we got this beautiful, uplifting artwork. We worked with a terrific uh, ad agency who pro bono just said they were honored to be part of this campaign and they designed what looks like uh, a framed art gallery that runs the length of the street and we pop the uh, pieces of artwork into the frames right
0: it really is beautiful uh professor lori eisenberg is with us talking about this amazing okay we'll call it exhibit for a moment that you'll see the tree of life perimeter there's something significant here um if that building would have remained and, 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 and its perimeter would have remained the way the neighbors didn't enjoy looking at it, in a way some might have considered that a slight, victor, a slight victory for the, for the terrorist. Uh, because, look, he, he has shut down a synagogue, you know, and, and God forbid that that should be the case, and it looks like it's shut down. I, I wonder about the dichotomy between the makeshift memorial People who come out were well, like we were here a year ago during Shiva and you see thousands of flowers and pieces of art and real makeshift art, you know, stuff drawn on the spot, many by students who, you know, who were here or had sent it along. And you have that and then and then a year later you have an organized strong what seems to be and looks strong statement against this terrorist and against hate that now sits in an organized fashion on the fence. I think comparing the two is fascinating, a year apart.
1: I I agree with you, and we were aware of that. I I don't know if you saw if you got out of your car, but the items that we retrieved from the makeshift memorial are now arranged in a new memorial behind a bank of glass doors. And from outside the synagogue, you can still see them. And I think when people come to pay their respects or to visit the site... And they look first at the memorial, which was the spontaneous outpouring of, of well-wishers, and then move along the length of the fence, which you're right, is a year later. It's an organized mm-hmm. response, and I think it speaks...
0: has a strength to it also.
1: Absolutely. Uh, we're saying, you know, we did not choose to be attacked. We did not choose to uh, have this, you know, terrible name recognition around the world now. But we get to choose how to respond to it. And our response was to be strong, was to choose life and positivity and beauty and hope and optimism. Um, The artwork has come from people of all uh, faiths. And uh, we derive no small sense of satisfaction from knowing that our perpetrator would absolutely hate the vitality,
0: Correct.
1: the love, the intercommunal <laughs> relations. Well
0: said. I think the perpetrator would hate the energy that's in this building right now, frankly. Absolutely. <laughs> I will
1: tell you that this community, this Jewish community here, has never been stronger. There is so much activity. There are meetings going on, decisions being made, vision. Uh, we're going to create something uh, new and positive and really Kind of cutting edge for the twenty first century on that site uh, that is really going to serve this community well, and we want people to look and see what we 've done and uh, hopefully uh, you know the 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 sites that come after us until we figure out in this country how to stop these kinds of things uh, we 're not going to let them beat us, and we 're going to be a good community. For one another and uh, continue moving forward.
0: Tremendous. Are you a lifelong Pittsburgher?
1: I am actually.
0: I, I like asking about the perspective of people like yourself who are here from birth and have now gone through this, have gone through this episode for which Pittsburgh is now internationally known. <laughs>
1: Well, I'll tell you, I know there's the Stanley Cup and the World Series and there's the <laughs> Super, Bowl. Super Bowl and, you know, it's all very nice. But I have never been more proud to be from Pittsburgh and more proud of the strength and the spirit of this city than I have been in the last year. Wow. Amazing. Can I add something please, for you, your, for for sure. your uh, listeners, please? Um, there is uh, a website where we have created an online gallery of all 224 images that we received. There's only 101 of them that are, that displayed. are displayed up on the fence. They're print- and, that, and that
0: was literally a space issue, right? That's a what, literally that's what a there. space issue, yes.
1: Right. And, and your listeners should understand that um, these pieces of artwork are not hanging somehow on the fence. They've been printed right. onto these windscreens. Um, but they can easily go and... Uh, see the entire gallery. Uh, I'll tell you, um, PGH is the abbreviation for Pittsburgh. Right. So if they just go, it's all run together, treeoflifepittsburgh.org, and you'll see the words there that say um, uh, Hearts Together Gallery. And if they click on that, You can move through all 224 pieces of just really beautiful, uplifting artwork.
0: Amazing. So treeoflifepgh.org.
1: Yes. Hearts Together Gallery.
0: Right. Hashtag Hearts Together at Hearts Together Gallery. Professor Lori Eisenberg, I thank you. This has been an amazing conversation. I thank you very much for joining us this morning.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: A pleasure. Go Pittsburgh. Yeah. <laughs> More coming up. You're listening to a very special Wednesday morning edition of JM in the AM from the JCC in Greater Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. One year later, in memory of those whose yard site will be commemorated this Shabbos, a year after the uh, the massacre at Tree of Life. This is JM in the AM. That was our conversation with Professor Laurie Eisenberg. Next up is Dr. Nina Butler, who joined us uh, to discuss the... Uh, Community of Pittsburgh, one year later, Dr. Nina Butler here on JM Rewind at the Malcolm Siegel Network. Dr. Nina Butler is here. Dr. Nina Butler, in addition to being a wonderful old friend of ours, has been on the front lines of our broadcasts last year and this year. We mentioned to her we wanted to come back. She was enthusiastically encouraging us to do so. Um, and sure enough, she's also one of the greatest uh, hostesses. <laughs> with tremendous hospitality that we enjoy every time we are in Pittsburgh, Dr. Nina Butler, welcome to JM and the AM. Thank you
2: so much. What an honor to have you here in our home.
0: Uh, I appreciate, appreciate that. So the JCC is everyone's home. It I, is. I said this when I saw the sign outside where it says JCC's for everyone. Yes. I said this is one of those communities where literally the JCC is home for everyone. As it truly you would say, is. it literally is. It
2: literally is. I years ago, I ran a Judaic Arts department here that was um, Jewish Family Education a few decades ago and um, just being a part of the team here from the inside uh, was uh, an experience that I absolutely cherish, like we do having you in Pittsburgh. Thank you for coming, (laughs) and thanks for coming with your fabulous team.
0: Yeah, we got a great team, thank God. And uh, this is an important show. We set us out a lot of time to repair properly and get some great guests like yourself on, and now we're talking about a year later, and I know that, hey, you know, I I ask people from Pittsburgh what's new a year later. The first thing they tell me is about a new kosher restaurant. I said, (laughs) no, I'm talking about the resilience. I'm talking about the the trauma that the community went through a year ago. Tell me, from your perspective, how are people bouncing back a year later?
2: Um, I think that much like uh, some of your previous guests have mentioned, uh, we're all kind of blown away by the reaction, not only from our immediate circles of friends, but also um, wider and broader circles. So, um, the Jewish and the non-Jewish community in Pittsburgh came together in such a profound way. I, and then hearing from people from all over the world, of course, touched us deeply and continues to touch us. On the other hand, a year later is um, is a time when it's not. As expected, the people might be crumbling. And we're concerned about that. So um, I'm presently working on a project with the Jewish Healthcare Foundation. And uh, we learned from Parkland and from other mass shootings that a year later was unfortunately when people started, teens particularly, started to commit suicide. I mean, bad stuff. So the Jewish Healthcare Foundation decided to launch a project that's atypical of what they usually do. Usually they make change and some profound changes in so many different arenas concerning health um, from the top down. But they started a new project um, specifically looking at teen mental health and decided to do this in a more grassroots way. It's neighborhood-based teen mental health. So I'm coordinating efforts within the 15217 zip code. So it's um, all the teens in our area, according Mm -hmm. to zip code, where you're launching this initiative um, with many different buckets of activities from education to looking at access to support and other issues like that. And we hope to move the ball forward and uh, take these, what we learn to the next neighborhood. Are these teams then the cooperative?
0: Do they want to be part of this? Are they looking for it? Are they are they receptive when you reach them?
2: So working with the teens and creating peer supports within schools is one of the initiatives. And um, we're actually working within the day schools to bring a program that the public schools has had for a while called Stand Together. And the whole name is Stand Together Against Stigma. The purpose is to reduce stigma around kids needing mental health um, care of some sort because Unfortunately, the statistics are that one in four teenagers before they graduate high school will need some kind of mental health support. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to have a mental illness Mm -hmm. their whole life, but they might need some support. And uh, we don't want the kids to be afraid to ask. Frankly, we don't want parents who see a difference in their child, either a, a very enthusiastic, charismatic, out there kid who suddenly gets quiet. Or a quiet kid who suddenly is Act involved. Man. Yeah. We don't want any of that to be missed. So um, the initiative is for communal education, parent education, and also to create peer supports within schools to reduce stigma and also to provide hands-on help.
0: You know, with the school shootings, I mean, look, yes. uh, look a- a- any kid who's in that school that you know, is the victim of a school shooting – I can't even imagine how they continue without constant mm. thoughts that I could have been a victim. Sure. Here in this case, this obviously was not a school. And those mm-hmm. who you know, don't frequent Tree of Life may, be, may feel a little bit more removed. You know, not a member there, don't go there. You know, Chances are I would not have been a victim there. But nonetheless, it doesn't seem to matter whether it's somebody who thinks they could have been in that building or someone who thinks the likelihood is I would not have been in that bu- It seems it doesn't matter that it affects them and has the same traumatic effect, uh, especially among the teens, no matter what.
2: Well, one of the changes that really, really saddens me is that I don't know if you can go to a shul anymore without guards right. out in
0: front. Right.
2: And that's really sad.
0: Because the kids might think I may not have been there, but God knows it could have been my shul, God forbid.
2: And... The same thing with schools. I think Mm -hmm. everyone has raised security to such a high, high level that it just saddens me that it's not the carefree world I grew up in where you could access a school from any of a number of open doors. That's those days are over. And it's also kind of scary to think that there's all kinds of people davening in shul could be the person next to you who might be carrying a gun. And that does not make me feel more secure, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Oh, I hear that, that scares the daylights out of me.
0: And imagine all these teens are going through all that in their own heads, thinking right. about what could be and who's there and who's coming in, et cetera, et cetera. And should I go to a public place? And you know, Am I going to be able to enjoy it and forget about the fact that, God forbid, somebody could be you know, in a situation like you describe? It's all these things going on at once. You know, last Shabbos, difficult.
2: a fire alarm went off in our school, mm. And. People flipped out. I can imagine. Yeah. And it was a faulty battery. It was Mm -hmm. nothing. But, yeah, hearing the alarm and hearing it in shul and, yeah, it's, I guess we think that we're healed, but we're still a bit raw.
0: It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio, around the world, the web, and achamsegel.com and the achamsegel network. And, of course, in the beloved NSN app, Dr. Nina Butler is with us. Uh, one of our great hosts here in Pittsburgh, and somebody helped us coordinate these programs. You mentioned to me, and I'm, I'm putting you on the spot because we didn't have a chance to speak to him this morning. You mentioned to me that there are a couple of different attitudes that uh, day school directors and principals could have taken in this town. And you admire those who, uh, you admire everyone, obviously, <laughs> but, and there's some with whom you certainly understand if they decide to take a certain yes. route. But you yes. were happy to see that there was one route at least once taken, which was, we're not going to be presenting, you know, unity concerts, and we're not going to be presenting mm-hmm. major events to try to put smiles on the faces mm-hmm. of the kids. What we are going to do is get back to a normal day. Right. What's it like when that normal routine is embraced?
2: Yes. You know, um, a, a shout-out to Rabbi Sammy Weinberg okay. from we Hillel we Academy. Yes, this. yes. I'm sorry he wasn't able to be with you. Um, but uh, the very next morning, and then the, for, the, for weeks afterwards, he Literally was, Monday morning? like he was offered all kinds of people said i'm going to do you a favor i'm a wonderful um, speaker and i'm going to come for free to your school well when you get 10 offers like that (laughs) and i mean admittedly many of the people who offered really are superstars in the jewish world and might have been able to help with full hearts with totally full hearts um so musicians, one school wanted to bring their student body to create a carnival for the kids in our community, in our, in, at Hillel. Um, there were so many uh, creative offers from people who wanted to engage. They wanted to support in a way that they thought would be helpful. And Rabbi Weinberg really um, impressed me because the choice he made um, after consideration was that the most important thing he could do as the educational leader of a school is to keep the student's day as normal as possible. So even though people were just throwing him all these wonderful, beautiful offers, he turned them down. And that, I think, took a lot more strength.
0: You know, it's funny, as we were preparing for the show yesterday in the car, Miriam Wallach pointed out to me, she said, uh, "Don't," and, and this is where I got the phrase, don't forget how important it is to embrace the routine, mm. and and what it's like to get back on one's feet by simply doing what you've done every uh, every other day, That's getting so up fair. at the same time, going to work or mm-hmm. going to school, or whatever the case may be and making that a really important part of the recovery. So he, of course, should be acknowledged for that, as you just did. Now, you called your project, what is it, what's the zip code that you said? 15217, <laughs> and, and you hope that once this is established and, and the success of it is shown, Throughout the Pittsburgh teenage community, this could actually be taken to other parts of the country when needed.
2: Well, for now, <laughs>
0: we're just now aiming
2: on just moving but through it the be Pittsburgh area. area. Be- but, yes, we are going to post everything. It absolutely can right. be replicated. And we're learning a lot from other cities. Uh, one city that really impressed me was Detroit. Their Jewish Federation is doing a project they call We Need to Talk. And you can look it up, WN2T.org. Mm. Um, that has... Remarkable videos, video clips of kids describing different kinds of challenges um, and just bringing this whole idea of mental health to life and making it approachable. I
0: didn't know kids were this open and ready to talk about these things. It's amazing. Well, they're not. And right, that's the problem. but that they're capable of it and then yes. they eventually do it. That's, exactly. that's pretty remarkable. And that's
2: why these videos on their website are are amazing and worth replicating. Their project is exclusively within the Jewish community and their Jewish federation is uh, the engine behind it. Our project is through a foundation and it's really going throughout the whole zip code area, Jews and non-Jews alike. So right. the models are a little different, but I'm glad that this is uh, coming
0: up. Lifelong Pittsburgh or not? Uh, no, Detroit. Detroit, right. That's why Detroit gets such a big shout-out this morning. Uh, <laughs> the mayor of the city of Pittsburgh, what can you tell us about him? I need to tell you
2: this story about our mayor because his behavior uh, a year ago was amazing. Um, one thing he did within days of the shooting is he showed up for lunch in each of our day schools. <laughs> he actually sat and had lunch with the kids. <laughs> so cool. And at the end of lunch, he said, hey, kids, I'm the I want you to know that I'm the mayor of the city and all the policemen in our city work for me and they're all here to protect you. We are going to keep you safe. We've got this. We've got your back, which is very reassuring. Yeah, And then a a few weeks later, actually on November 9th, the mayor wanted to, um, he called for a big rally downtown in our uh, main uh, park he insisted it be november 9th uh, he called it a rally for peace michael keaton came tom hanks came
0: both from this area although no, tom yeah. because of the mr. tom rogers because he was doing the
2: mr right? rogers yeah and he was there with mr rogers widow and um he insisted on that date and a few days before as the weather became clear his uh, assistants came to him and said you cannot have this rally we have to postpone this there it isn't going to be storm. just rain it's a monsoon coming you have to postpone it and he insisted it be that date which was kind of weird but people came people came with umbrellas they all came wrapped everyone came and then the next week he took out a full page ad in the jewish newspaper and i want to read you the text of that ad Please. on november 9th 1938, government leaders turned their back to Jewish citizens in Germany, Austria, and Czechoslovakia. On that day, police officers and emergency officials turned their backs. On that day, community leaders turned their backs to death, destruction, and violence that led to the Holocaust. On November 9, 2018... Government leaders stood in support of our Jewish community in Pittsburgh on this day. Police officers and emergency officials spoke against hatred. On this day, community leaders denounced anti-Semitism. On this day, we stand united. That hate against one is hate against all. We are Pittsburgh. We are stronger than hate. Never again. William Peduto, Mayor, City of Pittsburgh.
0: I I am stunned and speechless. He wanted it specifically on November 9th, and that's why. Amazing, right? Ko Kavod, mayor of Pittsburgh. Unbelievable. Nina, thank you for everything.
2: It's such an honor to have you here. Thank you. Great to
0: have you on the show. Thank you so much. Dr. Nina Butler, of course. That was my conversation with Dr. Nina Butler. Next is Stephen Cohen and Barbara Kaplan, co-presidents of the New Light Congregation. Uh, That congregation was one of the... um, Three inside the building, holding services, and the three of their congregants were murdered by the terrorist that Shabbat morning. Stephen Cohen and Barbara Kaplan, our next guests on JM Rewind at the Nachum Siegel Network. We are in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania at the JCC one year later. Uh, this coming Shabbos, the 18th of Cheshvan, is the yard site of those who were uh, victims of the greatest massacre against the Jewish community in the history of the United States. And we're here one year later, just like we were here last year during Shiva, uh, to bring to our listeners around the world the sense of brotherhood and sisterhood that our brothers and sisters in Pittsburgh deserve. And to remind everybody of what it's been like for the uh, community here over the last year and how they continue to be so resilient and continue to rebound. We have two very special people with us now. Uh, Stephen Cohen and Barbara Kaplan. Stephen Cohen and Barbara Kaplan are co-presidents of the New Light Congregation here in Pittsburgh. I remind everybody that it was uh, your congregation uh, was one of the three congregations that was in the Tree of Life building, right? Correct. That would be the way of putting it. And we are dedicating this conversation, of course, to the memory of Richard Daniel and Melvin, who are all members of yours, friends of yours, and of course, victims and last year's tragedy. Thank you to the both of you for joining us this morning.
3: You're welcome.
0: It's good to have you here. <laughs> Thank you. Good, um, morning. How did, good morning. You know, we talk about unity, and it's one of the reasons we're here, frankly. We're here because of the mission of the Jewish Unity Initiative. It, it, it's amazing to me that, uh, and there's no such thing as coincidence, of course, but that this episode took place in a building that housed three congregations. And I'm sure you know, because you've heard over the last year, what kind of impression that has made on the worldwide Jewish community, that you could have three congregations sharing a space and unfortunately, of course, sharing victims and, uh, and, uh, and what had happened. But could you just tell us how that worked for a minute? Could you just tell us how it is that when, when we always joke that, that the only thing we know about in our community is breakaway minions and, and synagogues being built on the other side of town because people don't like this one, that congregations can come together and cooperate like this? Um, I think over the
4: last 20, 30 years, uh, membership in all religious organizations, whether it's Christian or Jewish, has declined. Uh, We all have owned buildings. We've all had extra space in our buildings. Uh, And New Light Congregation made the decision two years ago that in order to maintain itself as a family, because that was what was most important, that the walls around us were really unimportant. And so we reached out to other Jewish organizations uh, in Pittsburgh to see if we could find another home. Now, it turns out that uh, Dor Hadash, the third congregation right. that was in the building, they've never owned property. They've always been a renter. So when uh, Tree of Life, uh, when we reached out to Tree of Life and said, is there room in your building for us, they were more than uh, uh, gracious and wel- welcoming. Uh, we converted what used to be the sisterhood room. Uh, we We painted, we put in new lighting, we put in ceilings. We renovated the space in order to make it our own chapel. And the year that we spent there was a very, very happy year, very cooperative, um, working with uh, uh, Tree of Life as a conservative uh, congregation. We are a conservative congregation. Dora Dash is Reconstructionist, and they're a little bit more advocacy-oriented than we are. And so it made for a very interesting marriage because we learned a lot about... Other ways of looking at things, other types of events that we would not have all, uh, otherwise might yeah. have
0: had. Where are the walls now? Are, the, are there still services for, uh, for well, your congregation? The, the Tree of Life building itself is, right. is closed. Correct. So where uh, you guys gather now? Well,
4: uh, that was actually the, our very, very first task after the uh, the massacre. Finding uh, a home. Finding a home. Uh, it's taken us a year, but uh, but we are now very comfortable in our temporary home. We reached out to a different congregation, Beth and oh, we know it's, it's yep, right near here. It's right well, <laughs> right up the street. Everything's right <laughs> near a- here. A- a- right? Squirrel Hill is a very small. I just community. say because I happened to see it this morning. So. Uh, you drove you drove right by it coming down. Um, uh, Tree of Life is right around the right. corner, also, <laughs> and good. and our building uh, uh, was on the corner of Beechwood and Forward is also right around mm-hmm. the corner. So it's all very very close to mm-hmm. one another, which makes it very homey and and very comfortable. So you have a new home. We have a new home at. Beshalom, uh, and again, uh, the Jewish community in every way has reached out and uh, offered us help, offered us sustenance uh, in order to man- uh, ensure that we can maintain ourselves as a congregation.
0: Were either of you there last year, or no, you happened not to be? There? I missed
3: it by a week.
0: Wow. Um,
4: I was actually in Arlington, Virginia, celebrating my grandson's second birthday. Uh, heard about it. I-, I can't even imagine what it was like for you to hear this news. Well, uh, my daughter uh, listens to Nextdoor, uh, on an online app, came to me and said, Dad, there was a, there's an incident at, at your congregation. Have you heard about it? And I said, no. She said, well, it seems to be there's a shooting there. And I re- my reaction was, how could that possibly be? This is Squirrel Hill. This is Pittsburgh. Things don't happen like that here. I got in my car, and normally it's a four-hour drive. I think I did it in three hours. Uh, came and spent the weekend at the here at the JCC right. in the with room right else, across right. the way with us, waiting for uh, the, uh, the 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 legal process to uh, wend its way.
0: Tell me about Richard, Daniel, and Melvin. What can you tell us?
3: Richard was. Just the loveliest person. He was a dentist. He was my dentist. Nobody knows my mouth as much as well as he did. (laughs) And uh, I um, devoted time to uh, Catholic organizations, free of charge, to clinics for uh, people that couldn't afford dentistry. He was a mainstay of the synagogue. He was our rabbi's right hand, left hand, and every other man. Dan Stein was the most organized Organized person, organized trips to different synagogues that are no longer open, organized trips to D.C., to the Holy Center. He just managed, micromanaged all of us. Mel Stein, wax. Mel wax, sorry, he was the sweetest, littlest man, always had a joke, always had a smile, new services right, left, up, and down, and just. Just the sweetest, sweetest. You know
0: what's funny? I think everyone listening knows the three of them. I think the three of them exist in every congregation yes. practically in the world. absolutely. The way you just described them. Absolutely. How dedicated all... one is to the rabbi, how organized they are, you... setting together, putting together all these synagogue trips, the joke. Everyone knows the guy in the shul who's always <laughs> telling the joke. I think, I think people can relate to the three people you lost that day. They're universal. Right.
3: They're universal. Real
0: shulgoers. Yes. <laughs> they were the heart of our
4: congregation they were the people who kept uh, the religious aspects of our congregation going. Um, As uh, Barbara said, uh, Rich took care of the Torah. He took care of all of the details that, in in support of the rabbi, in order to make a service happen. Uh, Dan was our manager. Uh, If there's something that needed to be done, Dan was the guy you turned to to get it done. Um, And Mel (laughs) Mel spoke very, very softly. It was even standing right next to him. It was sometimes very difficult to hear him. Yet he spoke with such a loud voice. He uh, had very strong opinions. Um, He always had a joke. Uh, generally, they were off color, but they were <laughs> never th- the same joke. It was amazing how he could come up to you at the end. Uh, and if it was a woman, he says, am I, am I allowed to tell you this joke? You know, it's a little bit uh, different. And, you know, are you old enough to hear it? And this is to somebody who's 75 years old. You know, he will do. So, I'm
0: telling you, I know these guys. <laughs> I'm telling you. Well,
3: Mel, 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 as a matter of fact, had come up to me once. My daughter comes with us a lot of times on Friday nights and said, is Annie over 21? Yeah, Annie is many years over 21. Why, Mel? I want to tell her a joke, and I want to make sure it's okay with you if I tell it to her, because it's not exactly the cleanest one in the, in the world.
0: There you go. I'm telling you, we know all these people. Well, we remember them this morning. And we dedicate this job, is, of course, is the yard site yes, on the right. Jewish calendar, and we dedicate this uh, broadcast to their memory, as we do for all the 11 victims. And uh, just a couple of words from both you, uh, Stephen and from Barbara about uh, life in Pittsburgh a year later. What are your reflections now as we get to this milestone? Uh,
4: it has been a very difficult year, as you might imagine. Uh, grief takes a long time uh, to, to allow one to be able to move forward. I think the high holidays were, were very, very meaningful. And what a very important point. Very, very important, Im- point. Very important point because it, 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 it causes the, the introspection of looking at yourself, and you look at the congregation, and you mm-hmm. look at your congregants, and you you try to remember um, this Shabbat. What what we are doing? It's a private service mm-hmm. just for our congregants, but uh, we're going to sit and remember, and talk about Mel and Rich and Dan, and and try to bring closure, which is truly not possible, but to try to bring as much closure as possible to. Uh, what has been a a horrific year after a, a horrific event and look forward to a better time uh,
0: well said barbara your thoughts a year later yeah
3: basically right. steve you know does did it well and uh support from our people and uh we'll just move on and keep going as a family does
0: Yes. Um, I thank both of you very, very much. I thank know you, you made an effort to be here this morning. It's much appreciated. <laughs> no problem. Tra- 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 traffic doesn't always cooperate. <laughs> Not and, uh, and continued success with your congregation and with the uh, amazing Jewish community cool. here in Pittsburgh. Thank, thank you very you. much. Thank you very much. More coming up. You're listening to JM and the AM on a very, very special edition as we uh, continue here uh, from the JCC in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. That was my conversation with Stephen Cohen and Barbara Kaplan. Stephanie Small was back with us, Director of Counseling Services and Senior Services at JFCS in Greater Pittsburgh, and we spoke about Pittsburgh one year later. Here's my conversation with Stephanie Small on JM Rewind at the Malcolm Siegel Network. Stephanie Small, who you'll recall, was with us last year. She's one of two guests this morning who appeared in our broadcast back in 2018. She's Director of Counseling Services and senior services for JFCS. Stephanie, welcome back to JM in the AM.
5: Thank you for having me.
0: One year later, I I think you sat, we were in the synagogue last year doing the show, I think you sat there, I would bet, uh, not knowing exactly how things would pan out during this upcoming year, 2018 to 2019. A year later, what can you tell us about how the organized Jewish effort has really helped people out there deal with the trauma of last year's episode.
5: You'd be right. We had no idea how it would turn out. Right. And over the course of the year, we provided on-site counseling here at the JCC for drop-in. We provided support groups. We provided individual counseling. We really wanted to make sure people were felt that they were heard And supported We were in contact With all of the families Of the victims All of the survivors One on one We hired a care navigator To take care of them Specifically
0: And just think everybody Eleven victims We're talking about A lot of circles of people That have to be dealt with Right Exactly
5: And everybody feels it In different ways There's all those Concentric circles And specifically For the congregations Over the Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur time And for the Commemoration date We made sure There were mental health Therapists on site At each of the congregations And this Shabbos will have the same our, early, our
0: earlier guest pointed out the high holidays. That was such a important observation. You just spoke about the 27th, which was, of course, many very important observances and people commemorating the date in many different ways. And then, as you just said, this coming Shabbos is a very important date as well. It's a very important date. Because and people Jewish, need to feel it. They yeah. need to be
5: know that they're supported and that whatever they're feeling is normal. As I said last year, whatever yeah. reaction you had last year, Correct. to an, any reaction to an abnormal situation is normal, right. and it continues, and it continues in all situations. That phrase,
0: by the way, can be very helpful to a lot of people. It really <laughs> is. It really is. Um, and people shouldn't uh, panic if they're reacting in a certain way, even if it's a year later, right? Correct. Yeah. We know
5: from other mass casualty events that trauma can... There are people not telling their stories till five years later, right. and so... We, JMCS, and we're CS a community that there. should know
0: this, just knowing how Holocaust survivors dealt with their exactly. you know, uh, a retrospective on their life you know, when, they, when they decided to reveal things. Some immediately, and many, many others, way down the road many years later, as we know. Or never at all. Or never at all, correct. And
5: so we know that people will have these feelings going on. We know that with the change of seasons, a lot of people felt it from summer into fall. When the sirens uh, are going off, people right. still feel it. So whatever people are feeling, it's normal to feel it, and we're here to help no matter what. And people should know that. We're still here. We're not going anywhere. So
0: Stephanie Smalls with us. You get an interesting perspective on how individuals deal with this, families, the circles you mentioned. Is there a way to tell the community at large? Is there a way to walk the streets and someone like yourself get the feeling of what life is like here in Pittsburgh a year later? Is there a way to gauge the way the general mood is?
5: The general mood is calmer. It is calmer. And people feel better. But it's also a reminder, I mean, right now in Israel, with all right. of the rockets. That's so right. we're all feeling that solidarity with mm-hmm. them. I actually reached out. We, the Israel Trauma Coalition had come out a few times over the course of this year to Pittsburgh to help train the clinicians, the first responders on trauma-informed care. And I reached out to them this morning to tell them that I'm in solidarity with them. And as Ruby Rogel wrote back, he said, you know, sometimes we're the helpers, sometimes we're the ones being helped. And all right. that's all of us here. Sometimes we're the helpers. Sometimes we're the ones being helped. And the community feels that. They know that. But you walk around, you see the stronger than hate signs have not left. Right. The crocheted mug and dovids have not left. Right. The entire community feels it.
0: Pittsburgh ain't giving in to anybody. We
5: ain't giving in to anybody. <laughs> you know, it's funny.
0: I, uh, during one of our earlier conversations, someone pointed out that the that when they changed the outside of Tree of Life from the tarp that it was to the exhibit that it is now. You know, mm-hmm. we'll, call it, we'll call it that for a moment. So we pointed out how the uh, for anyone who thought that this murderer had some type of small victory by closing the synagogue, look at the resilience, look at the way the reaction was. And I'm sort of saying to myself, if that perpetrator, if that murderer walked into this building and saw the amount of activity and the early childhood, and the seniors, and the number of programs, and <laughs> the flyers and the, and the computer messages with what's happening here on a regular... He would hate the JCC. He would hate <laughs> it. I mean, he, he would, would really. hate it.
5: The Jewish community, if anything, got stronger from it. Synagogue membership went up. Is that true? Synagogue membership in those three congregations went up from what it had been before. And people all over feel they need to connect to their Judaism, we always talk about this. We always
0: mm. talk about community connecting. Yes. Unfortunately, it's usually in time of tragedy. Uh, yeah. We try, we try to, the Jewish way. <laughs> we, we, we try to encourage a time of happiness as well. It doesn't work as well, but okay. <laughs> but it's true. People need a dress to go to. They need to feel connected and find they, their own family outside their family.
5: And that's what they have. They feel the spirituality. They feel the Yiddishkeit. They feel the connection to the traditions that have always been there. And we do. We feel it in times of tragedy. But if that can make it into a time of simcha. Where we all together and Achtos? Then we did it right. Right, now And you, they didn't win. We won.
0: Now, you're not a lifelong Pittsburgh person, right?
5: I am not. I grew up in, in Far Rockway, But you're one of New those York.
0: people, as I pointed out earlier, who if they're here for a few months, all, I'm of, a sudden, done. all of a sudden this is your adopted city, right? 20 years Which we're I, now here. I, oh, it's 20 years. So you, <laughs> have, you years. have a right to at least feel that way. I
5: am. I'm not quite. My children are yinzers, as we'll say, but still, <laughs> still can't take the New York out of it.
0: And it is remarkable <laughs> to me. Just from the last two hours of conversations, because you know what New York is like. Oh yeah, it is remarkable to me the level that people get to in terms of reaching out and trying to get along with everybody. Yes, and by the way, not just the Jewish community, no. the greater community of Pittsburgh as well. And it's fascinating. And you see people here who are in in communities that in New York would be much more only, uh, w- which we much, would be much more isolated, mm-hmm. and they themselves are the ones making the effort. To, to reach out to everybody and be a real yes. neighbor.
5: Even in the suburban congregations, they all reach towards in. Everybody knows each other. I mean, I'm sitting here waiting for the interview to start, and I'm saying hello to 60 different right. people, of all, all different- who I know from different stripes and different colors and everything else because that's what Pittsburgh is. It's very Squirrel Hill, and it's that's what Squirrel, it is. It's huh? very Squirrel Hill.
0: There you go. <laughs> Another comment has come through. Montreal stands with Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. And then one of our uh, listeners writes, uh, thank you for being at the JCC. My aunt is 100 years old, a Holocaust survivor, lives independently, and goes to the JCC every day and lives life to the fullest. You know her. Pittsburgh strong.
5: I know know her. I'm
0: so glad we came here today.
5: (laughs) I know that grandma. (laughs) You know the grandma. (laughs) Because JFCS also provides Holocaust services, and she is Amazing, and we're always begging her to take more services. She just because "I don't need it. I don't need it. I don't need it." She's amazing, and that that really sums up Pittsburgh. We're yeah. amazing, it's and amazing. people should know.
0: We have certainly picked that up. I'll tell you that, that was my conversation with Stephanie Small, uh, director of counseling and senior services for JFCS. Kathy Samuels will round out our JM Rewind hour. Chief Development and Communications Officer at the JCC in Pittsburgh. That's where we were based for our broadcast uh, from Pittsburgh and she gives a great overview about what the community in Pittsburgh is like. Kathy Samuels, next on JM Rewind, here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Is this Kathy Samuels? Is this the person who is responsible for us being in this building? You cannot imagine how much we thank you. We're not used to always being included in the inclusive. And you, and you gave us such a tremendous welcome over the phone, we, we thought it was a shot in the dark. How can we make an arrangement to be at JCC 5 o'clock in the morning, you know, two, three days in advance of when we want to do it? And you made it happen for us, and thank you so much. Uh,
6: it's tru- truly our pleasure. Um, it's sort of been the story of the last year. Uh, Literally. We, opening your doors for Opening people, our right? doors for people, morning, noon, and night. We don't think twice about it um, since the day of the tragedy till today, and I'm sure forever moving forward. We, we welcome anybody that um, needs a place to feel at home.
0: Kathy Samuels is the Chief Development and Communications Officer here at the JCC. You, you have, first of all, I mean, you know this, but let me give you the perspective of someone who just walked into this building yesterday for the first time. You have an amazing staff. You have people on the front lines in, in the simplest of departments, if there, if, if there is a department that's simple, that are so friendly and nice and, and reaching out to everybody. And you're, you're surrounded by a lot of good people here.
6: It's the most amazing um, staff of more than 120 full-time employees who have put their heart and soul for a hundred years into the work that we do in the community, and who never thought once or twice about what what their roles were or what they needed to do to help this community over the last year. And I am surrounded by an incredible group of people who are uh, my family.
0: You know, there are a lot of JCCs in this country that do not concentrate on the J or the C. They I, are neither very Jewish, and there's, I, I know one in particular very closely, N- neither very Jewish and in many cases not very community-minded. And it looks like you have both of those categories covered like crazy. Well,
6: I think um, Rabbi Ron Simons was on earlier this morning, and he and I work very closely together around uh, the work that he's doing yeah.
0: in the religious services. Yeah, amazing.
6: And uh, we always laugh in our in our strategy sessions. Are we the J right. C C or the J C C? <laughs> right. So um, we do. We we feel equally strongly uh, about being a community center as we do about. Um, being rooted in Jewish values.
0: And last night we're here and I'm watching people of every segment of the Jewish community and what seems to me every segment of the general community coming in to use your services and your programming?
6: Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we we have close to 20,000 members. That's an amazing number. Uh, we get more visits in a year than the Pittsburgh Zoo. Um, <laughs> it's, it, the diversity is incredible. I think there's close to 19 languages spoken in our early childhood department. It's a community of meds and eds, so, you know, a lot of diversity, and I think we're about 60% Jewish and 40% non-Jewish in the mix of our membership, and we really believe we are a true uh, town square for the neighborhood.
0: And you know it's funny? Someone said to me yesterday that one of the attractions of the non-Jewish community is the Jewishness. They like the values. They like, what, the spiritual and religious aspect brings to a building like this that's such a beautiful thing to hear there's no
6: question and um i I think they do look look to us for um the the levels of education and the levels of programming and the quality of fitness and all the things that we provide they know they're going to get what what they need and what they want and it's it's just a beautiful melting pot of of community
0: i have to ask you this we mentioned your role in, in development I I can't imagine that it's the easiest uh, institution to raise funds for.
6: Um,
0: Yet it's so necessary, and and you do find people who understand the importance of it.
6: Totally. We have a very, very loyal. um, Well, I certainly. You must have
0: a very active board, I have to assume that. We have an incredibly active board,
6: a very diverse board. we started an event about 15 years ago called big night and we attract about 1200 people You heard about this right and uh we net close to half a million dollars from that event now so we have the support of the community and the corporate community that that we've developed over the years and then we have a huge uh uh sort of niche in the foundation community now. So we're very, very supported by that community as well. And then all the individual giving that we've cultivated over the years. Um, It's a big budget. It's a big organization. How long have you been with the JCC? 15 years.
0: And are you a Pittsburgher?
6: I grew up in a small town up the river uh, called New Kensington. And uh, the way I attached to my Judaism was through BBYO. Wow. Nice. That was sort of my whole life growing up. And then I went to the University of Pittsburgh and never left.
0: Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Uh, We're speaking with Kathy Samuels, Chief Development and Communications Officer here at the JCC. Stephanie Small is here, Director of Counseling Services and Senior Services. Kathy, what's your perspective on what she does? What's your perspective <laughs> on the fact that that there are people here reaching out and helping both on a community level and an individual level, those who are suffering over the last year?
6: Well, I've always enjoyed my work with Stephanie um, through the last year. She was a person that I would turn to when people would approach me about things that were not in my um, toolkit, and uh, Stephanie is always there for whoever needs her and has the ability to really uh, take care of community in a way that's very special and just very obvious.
0: The situations became more complicated over the last year, huh? Yeah,
6: they really did, and uh, we had so many uh, everything from people calling and saying, uh, "I live in in the west and I have kugels. What do I do with them?" <laughs> I swear to God, you have to deal with the Jewish mothers, huh? <laughs> to to yeah, to you know, people who would walk in the building with a large check, to people who would be sitting in this lobby crying and. Uh, It. It. Nothing surprises us anymore. Nothing throws us. Lots of blankets. Lots of blankets. A lot of quilts and blankets. And so, there's been great synergy between uh, Jewish Family and Community Services and the JCC. Always has been. Oh, for sure. But this just strengthened it even more.
0: A few weeks after uh, the episode, were things back to normal here at the JCC? Like, was it a period of only weeks? or
6: We actually were only closed one day. We opened for business um, the next day. Right. Uh, if you walked in here, we were, first of all, under construction, right. um, but we were back to business as you were usual. Of course, nothing was usual, right. but we were able to er- open early childhood. We were able to have folks who needed to work out and not also as a stress reliever. Sure. So fitness was open, after school care was open, we were back to normal. I, I don't know that it will ever be the same normal mm. again as, as a year before. New normal. But right. it is. It's new the normal. new normal and, uh, we, we never close. We're open 365 days a year. We're, we are there for the community. Well,
0: you know that we were here last year. But this, is, this is a completely new experience for us. I, I, I never would have believed, if I didn't see it with my own eyes, how this is literally what seems to be the capital of the Jewish community of Pittsburgh. This building is it. It is. This is town hall. Call it whatever you want. This is it. And that's such a special, inclusive feeling for everybody. It's wonderful. That sign outside. <laughs> I'll say it again. I've said it 20 times this <laughs> morning. That sign outside JCC is for everyone. Is the simplest slogan, but it really says it all.
6: It's it's a funny thing. When we developed that campaign four or five years ago, and it's evolved, and sometimes it's JCC is for everybody. Right. Sometimes it's JCC is for everyone. I also oversee marketing, and um, we would find that we'd be out in parks or in different activities – and kids would talk about, JCC is for everyone, and it's on our keychains, it it's on me. our member cards. It got me. I'll
0: tell you that much. It
6: really, uh, it really has commu- community appeal down to the youngest children and, and talking about it.
0: Oh, and by the way, Paul, who you know was a tremendous help to us last night. Amazing has, man. Has already texted Miriam twice this morning to make sure everything's gone okay. So, you know. Eh. That's great. He was
6: texting me last <laughs> night on the other side. He keeps us all well informed, and he is the greatest nurturer and security captain you could ever dream of. And it
0: also shows you that no matter what position you hold, you can have a positive effect on people's lives, right? No question about it. You can be in the it. security department and be somebody who the kids and adults look up to and enjoy their company. There's no question. Amazing. Yeah, top down is right, as Miriam says to me, and it's uh, certainly the case here. Uh, I thank both of you. Uh, Kathy Samuels, thank you again for having us and for all your help getting us Truly here. Truly our that, pleasure. Now we know we can come back easily. Do I have time for one funny story? Please, are you kidding? We love it. So
6: I'm, uh, I know that you appeal to the uh, Orthodox Correct. community, and my best friend, Beverly Bren, who works for the Jew- Jew- Jewish Association on Aging and has been my friend since I was 12 years old, uh, li- leads lives a modern orthodox life and her three daughters are like f- we're, we're intimately close family and I knew you were okay just by talking to you that you guys were <laughs> awesome even though I didn't know you but I texted her and said are these guys cool is this cool and her children who uh, live in Cleveland um immediately picked up the one called me and said they're the best <laughs> god bless go them. for it so, god bless them. so uh, i knew the, you were kosher we, we <laughs> need their home address i'm begging you we, we got to send them some swag that's great i will i will give it to <laughs> you that is
0: great kathy i thank you again stephanie we thank you as well and thanks to the jcc and everybody who's been so amazing including while you're sitting here ashley who was great for us yesterday um, awesome officer mike Awesome. was amazing this morning. And, of course, we mentioned Paul and yourself, who were so instrumental in helping us with the nuts well, Thank you for
6: thank being you. here. We really appreciate it.
0: Thank you very much. Uh, it's been an amazing morning, a, a, really an amazing morning, one year later. Tremendous spirit in this community, and we get an injection of positive spirit just being here. Uh, and I thank all of you for tuning in, and, and, for, and the reaction on our app is amazing because, frankly, the reaction this morning uh, is so heartwarming because it came from so many parts of the world. All the different people listening, who are Pittsburgh strong, whether it's from Jerusalem, whether it's from Baltimore, whether it's from Cleveland, Detroit, uh, or ever Chicago, wherever people checked in from this morning, people are Pittsburgh strong and remembering uh, the strength and resilience of the community uh, one year later. That was my conversation with Kathy Samuels of the JCC, and that wraps up the Pittsburgh edition of JM Rewind. Plenty more coming up here on NSN. Uh, Make sure to be tuned into JM Rewind every single week and JM in the AM every single weekday. And thanks for joining us here on NSN on this presentation of JM Rewind at the Malcolm Siegel Network.
7: Yeah